and welcome to Chinese Revolutions, a podcast about how China came to be the way it is today. We're looking at modern Chinese history following revolutionary movements starting back in the First Opium War, uh, starting in 1839. I will be your host, Nathan Bennett. I lived in China seven years. This podcast is a love letter and a farewell letter to that country. Uh, we're starting off on a very long journey. Uh, this, the main podcast will always be free. Uh, I'm looking to get up to about 100 paid subscribers before I can start producing supplementary episodes, biographies of key people, uh, technology important at the time, zooming in on special interest items. Uh, you, you'll hear more about that at the end of the episode. Uh, join my Substack, which you'll also hear about more at the end of the episode, for more connection with the podcast, getting in behind the scenes, stories from my time in China, um, free for now, but paid as the list will grow. Uh, so in this episode, I'm introducing myself and the basic understandings we'll be using in each episode. You should get to know something about me, who you're going to be spending so much time with in the next however long this takes, so I'll introduce myself. I'm also laying out first principles so you know what goes into my understanding of China and Chinese history. So as I said, I am Nathan Bennett. I've lived in China for seven years, and I've been reading and thinking about it for longer. I wasn't in China for seven years straight, so you know, in between those other years, I was reading and thinking about China, and now that I'm out of it, I'm still thinking about it. Uh, this podcast is very much an amateur work of love. If I know more about China than you do, remember that if you read one good book about China, you know more than most people do about China. Uh, China has been a lifelong thing for me. I left it in 2014 thinking I might never go back. Then in 2016, I went back for another five years. While I think this really is it, that I may not, in fact, go back, I, my goodness, I don't know. Uh, I want to understand modern China, and if you're listening to me, I think you do too. And for a long time, there were all these things that, for me, I... I couldn't say, sometimes even couldn't even allow myself to think for fear that the Communist Party might not let me come into China or they might kick me out or that whatever I would say would offend someone somewhere on the Internet. And suppose I even say something in the course of this podcast in the favor of the Communist Party of China, I can't rhetorically get there if I follow the rules that you have to live by living in China, like the the chilling effect, the you know, there's all the things that foreign expats understand as kind of you know things you say under your breath, the shared the shared understanding among foreigners that you don't necessarily talk to your Chinese friends about, just because that's you know there's an almost legal uh, barrier between. Uh, foreigners and local Chinese people that is, I, I say, almost legal. I mean, maybe I can come back more about that later, but there's, in my experience, I didn't try too hard to get close to Chinese people individually uh, 
because I, I, I didn't know what rules there were, what... Okay, so anyway, now that I'm out of China, it's time to say these things, time to talk about it all. Uh, I once took a trip to Changchun in Jilin province. Uh, I was visiting the palace of the puppet, the puppet emperor, Puyi. He was the last Qing emperor of China, and then he went over to the Japanese in the 1920s or 30s, and they used him as the puppet head of their uh, colonial project in Manchuria. And I thought, yeah, okay, this, this guy could be an interesting, you know, his life is kind of an index of a certain part of of Chinese history. Well, I was working in Chinese media at the time, and one of my colleagues said, yeah, I'm not sure that would get published. So, well, now I have a chance to make an episode about that. Um, if I tell you that I love China, uh, it's not to say that I'm going to force all the bad news down your throat, you know, for your own good kind of thing. I'm going to bring up all the good stuff with everything else. There's a lot of good stuff to say about China. Uh, there's, you know, if you want to say that you're sympathetic to China, there's a whole lot to be sympathetic about. And I don't just mean, oh, poor China, but no, China's achieved some legitimately impressive things. Anyway, enough about that. So when I, talk, I want to talk about how China got to where it is today. And to do that, you have to go past the Communist Party of China to the decades, you know, like 100 years before they came to power. So now we'll get to first principles, a nice philosophical term. So this is for beginners, for people to go from knowing nothing about China to knowing something about a critical historical track through China's modern history. We'll be going deeper on topics, but we're going to be cutting it off at a certain point because that is enough, and I have to stop and move on to the next thing. History is what was done, and ideals should be founded in what has worked. What should a country be, uh, determined by historical processes, what actually happened, and what lasts? You know, that's, that's what a country is. You know, so whoever runs the country well enough to have orderly succession of power, that's where political legitimacy is. So... You know, what should China be? I have read stuff online from actual monarchists who believe that the modern Chinese state should be handed back to whoever there still is left over from the Qing dynasty. Some even push for a Ming restoration. Like, okay, um, I'm not really a big fan of the Communist Party, but they're the ones doing it. If they've done it well, if they've done it badly, they're the ones doing it. They have accomplished the historical fact of whatever they've got. Um, if you look elsewhere in the world, you know, Belgium, Uruguay, and Mongolia, they, can, they exist as independent power, uh, countries because outside countries demand that they exist as buffers like Mongolia between China and Russia. Um, China and Russia have had some border conflicts, and 
they kind of like having something big in between them. Uh, Singapore exists because Malaysia wanted them out to preserve the Malay majority in the modern state of Malaysia. Japan is a series of islands, so no one could stop it from being a country. Korea was set as itself before China could reach them. If you look at anything that's happening with the Korean minority in Northeast China today, there is greater pressure to integrate with the modern Chinese state, but Korea, North and South, is pretty solidly set as itself. Uh, the next thing is nations continually reformulate and re-express their identities. If there's enough of a break of continuity, well, that's where you have a revolution. In another episode here in this, uh, this set of uh, running up to the, the main historical track, I'll go over some definitions of revolution. Um, before I better understood this one particular book's thesis, I scorned this one book, uh, The Invention of China by Bill Hayton. Like, like, no, China wasn't just reasonably invent invented. Uh, you know, in the present, you know, okay, you know, it's good to articulate a vision of the past and bring it forward, and you have to adjust what who you are today based on real conditions. Uh, but if you have enough continuity, it's continuous history. So, like China five thousand years ago, China today, it's it's China. You can quibble about you know five thousand year number, but this is an ancient civilization, a continuous civilization. Oh, and by the way, in another in another few episodes, I'll be telling you more about the book, The Invention of China. It's really gone into forming the basis of how I'm going to do this podcast. I also follow the One China Eventually policy. So there's there's a lot. Okay, I am not a diplomat. I... I, maybe I'm closer to a scholar, uh, but I'm not even, you know, like a tenured member of some chair of uh, some department of this or that. So I am free to think whatever I think. So I follow the one China eventually policy that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm leaving myself some pretty big loopholes and I'm going to drive some trucks through that. Uh, the the first lines of The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, classic novel by Luo Guanzhong, uh, the empire long divided must unite, long united must divide, thus it has ever been. So if you look at uh, Taiwan today, well, there have been historical periods when there was a smaller state that was part of what had been a larger contiguous, you know, Chinese imperial realm, and it was running by itself for a few decades, maybe even centuries. So, yeah, there is one China. What that looks like, well, I'm not going to declare my loyalty to the Communist Party for, you know, it being the only thing that could make China one. Um, and by the way, for Romance of the Three Kingdoms, I, ex I exclusively recommend the Moss Roberts translation if you can't get the those that opening sentence right, then burn it. Just forget it. Um, Moss Roberts, like Moss, like the stuff you see on a nice stony wall, and Roberts, like Dread Pirate Roberts. Okay, so China's boundaries have fluctuated over time. So what is Taiwan right now? It's not a second China, but 
well, this this brings me to the second point. Oh, okay, you're right. Yes, I just kind of got ahead of myself and said, I'm not following the Communist Party of China's guidelines for naming things, interpreting history, etc., 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 so forth, so on. The Communist Party of China is the legitimate government of China, whatever you think of them. They're governing the overwhelming majority of what always has been China. They're Chinese. So, like, end of story. Like, this is the world that is. So the Communist Party is the current imperial dynasty, if you want to go that way. Um, like, I have no desire. I have no desire to join any efforts to change the government of China. If you want to start a revolution, keep me out of it. I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to get involved. I want to know nothing about it. Like, if you think about a company run by a terrible boss, and it somehow still runs, it somehow makes profit, somehow it's still in business, I don't know what it took for the Communist Party of China to get into power, but they're running it now. And it looks like they're set to do so for a long time to come. Um, I am making this, I'm giving as sympathetic a view of China as possible. I'm not going to just pile up body counts and then use that as a reason to condemn the regime at particular times in Chinese history, but I'm not hiding the bad stuff either. So, yeah, wow, I ran close to the end, of, I ran to the end of that. So, let's Okay, so let's review then. Okay, this podcast is for beginners, so some of what I say will be wrong, or it will be from one viewpoint, and like, okay, this is mostly for beginners to give you a better starting point. Uh, history is what was done. I, I believe in ideals. I believe in ideals like I believe in the sun and moon. I can't touch them, but I need them to find my way. Yet the way we go is... It depends what's on the ground, man. Uh, nations continually reformulate themselves. They're continually re-expressing themselves. And enough of a break in continuity. It's a revolution. I follow the one China eventually policy. Uh, it breaks up and gets back together from time to time. Um, we're not following the Communist Party in how it does things, yet the Communist Party is the legitimate governing power right now, and I don't want to have anything to do with messing with them. Uh, and, at, and again, I'm presenting as sympathetic a view of China as possible, as coming as much as possible from a position of liking China, loving China, that's where I'm coming from. So, so here, uh, so please consider donating or sub and subscribing to keep this going. Um, I am using the platform buymeacoffee.com slash crpodcast. That's C as in Chinese, R as in revolutions, podcast buymeacoffee.com slash crpodcast. I'm really liking what I see of the Buy Me a, Pod, uh, Buy Me a Coffee platform because it'll, it does allow recurring donations, so you can sign up to be a monthly member, but you can also give just once if you want. Uh, on my platform, I have it as Give Me a Book, Buy Me a Book.
I'm going to need to buy a lot of books to uh, get on with this podcast, even though I do have a lot already on Kindle here. Uh, work, we're, we're still, I'm still working on the reward things for members. I need to get to 100 paid subscribers to start producing supplementary episodes, biographies of key people, uh, technology profiles, uh, zooming in on special interest items. So the, the sooner we get to 100 paid subscribers, the faster we can start seeing some of these interesting other episodes come out. And uh, join my, as as I said also, join my Substack for greater connection with the podcast, get behind-the-scenes stories, show notes, stories from my time in China, uh, and you can find that on chineserevolutions.substack.com. And again, you have been listening to Chinese Revolutions with Nathan Bennett. See you in the next episode.